0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision, so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. I want to read our scripture with you guys. For this morning, it is out of Romans chapter 14. It says, I know and I'm convinced of the... On the authority of the lord jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat that's good that's a good thing but if someone believes it's wrong then for that person it is wrong and if another person or believer is distressed by what you eat then you're not acting in love if you eat it don't let your eating ruin someone for whom christ died and then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good For the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. It's not the physical. We're not purely that. But of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will, you will please God and others, it's going to impact others too. Others will approve of you too. So then, let us, say this with me, let us aim for harmony. Aim for harmony in the church. I don't know what church you grow up in, but that doesn't, I don't know, that, can, that doesn't seem like those two things go together. Aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Try to build each other up. Take a look at your neighbor and ask them the question. Say, what's for lunch? Look at your other neighbor and say, chicken enchiladas. Chicken enchiladas. And as you're taking that seat, as you're having a seat, you can tell them what you would put on those chicken enchiladas, either red or green. You may be seated, you can say, I want red Red chili chicken enchiladas or green chili chicken enchiladas we're in a series called red or green if you're new with us we we started asking questions back in the spring and then we we kind of compiled all of those and started voting on them so uh, over the summer we've been we've been answering the top six most asked questions and it's been a fun series we talked about how to deal with anger We've talked about how do we deal with our stress. Last week we prayed for miracles. What do we do with miracles? Some of you guys, you pray, and you pray hard for the pastor. Could he finish a sermon in 30 minutes or less? And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to keep praying for that miracle. It didn't happen last week, and you're going to have to keep praying for that. I've had a lot of fun in this series, but I will tell you, not this week. This week and prepping, uh, I've noticed it coming for months now and and weeks now, it's it's brought a lot of anxiety because I know this is a very polarizing issue of the question, what's the role of women in the church? And depending on our our background, maybe you have a church background, maybe you don't. It's just, it is something that is thrust into our culture even on on, uh, men and women Male, female, and it's a, it's a topic um, that is can be very polarizing today. So we're going to dive into it uh, today. And Paul says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. So he's, he's kind of saying here, he's like, hey, some of you, you got a nice juicy steak for lunch. Some of you, you have a, a salad. And, and, and maybe you're like, you're like vegetarians, like it doesn't matter. All the, all the carnivores, all the steak eaters are like, I'm thankful for vegetarians because that's more steak for me. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. Hey, don't fight about these things. And we would think about that now in, in our time. We're like, who cares? Like steak, salad, like why would we even bother? Our, there's, I mean, this food issue, Is it really, um, is it that big of a deal? And, and just to know in their context, the Jews, they, they were used to their whole life. There were things that were considered clean, and there were things that were unclean. You know, we got to only eat things that are kosher. And so this was radical for them to declare any food clean, everything's good. So for us, we went, ah, that's, what's, the, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about what we eat or drink? How about this? I mean, if I, I have this right here. What's the rules say? You guys are looking at me weird. Somebody like I've never seen a pastor crack a beer on stage. for Can can I give thanks for it? Can I drink this? We're like all across the board. Some like I'm in some church circles I might like get fired for something like this right here. I'm a bad example? Might, this is obviously a temptation that some of you might be offended right now. That this is torn families apart. People have died. This is very addictive. we got teenagers in the room. we got college students. How dare you do this? I, it, all of a sudden, we went from salad and steak to now it's a little bit tense. This is a dangerous substance. Let me ask you about this. Is this any, any less dangerous? Well, yes it is. (laughs) If anybody wants to serve on our cleanup team, we've got a next steps table right there. Uh, We always, are always looking for new people to help. That's actually one of the things I love about this year. I mean, statistically, statistically, this is probably more dangerous than that. A lot of people, Suffer from addictions to this or my favorite Reese's peanut butter cups, and we wouldn't think twice about it. Thank you. Thank you. We can clean this up later because it's going to be. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Does anybody want some of these? No? Yes, yes. I'm a former youth pastor, so there you go. There you <laughs> I'm gonna put this over here, of course, that causes <laughs> more problems. He says, "Aim for harmony." He says, "In the church, it's not about, or the kingdom of God is not about what you eat or drink." But we can come up with all sorts of rules, even today, in the church, about what you can. Eat or drink. Let me just take a quick pause here because we got teenagers here going back to school this week. We got college students going back to college this week. All right. I, I brought some tension into the room on purpose with a beer and a soda. But before you get it in your head that you're like, "Oh, Pastor cracked a beer on stage. That's free reign, baby. I can go and do what you what what I want." Show me your five closest friends right now or who you're going to hang out with this year, and I will show you where you will be in one year. Ask any adult in this room, when was your biggest regret in life? The majority of them will say, my biggest regret in life was between the ages of 13 and 23, when I thought I knew everything when I thought I had it all under control. And now we're in our 30s, now we're in our 40s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and we still feel guilt, and we still feel shame, and we're still hurt about something we did between the ages of 23 and 13. So please understand what you do today impacts tomorrow. And adults... I'm, gonna, I'm not really getting any too many amens, but let me just say this to the adults too. Oh, yeah. Adults, what you do today impacts tomorrow. Just because I cracked a beer on stage doesn't give you a license to go crazy on this. Doesn't give you a license to go crazy on this. We're supposed to be wise. He says, aim for harmony in the church, and the church isn't about these things. So what the heck does this have to do with women in the church? Trying to distract this, (laughs) Mike. Everything. It has everything. The women in the church has been a topic of of division since the beginning. The the fall of man. Adam and Eve eat the apple, and there's some consequences to that. And and God says to Eve, He says, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain you will give birth, and love. what's this? You may not have known this was in scripture. He says, "And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you." It has it's been there since the beginning. In Jesus' time, in the first century, there was a Jewish historian by the name of Josephus, and he he would he wrote, "The woman is in all things inferior to man." There was uh, a rabbi in that time who would teach his followers. Different things that people find. He said you could divorce your wife. man, you could divorce your wife simply for burning the dinner. Like, dang, that's that's like ever. <laughs> Just keep that, keep that. You can send the emails to I don't give a rip at gmail.com. Um, Sorry, this is tense for me too. It's been tense all week. This is the environment that Jesus was born into. This a very oppressive, male, chauvinistic environment. Women had had no dignity, had very few rights. And Jesus comes on the scene and he changes the script. Dignity for everybody. uh, 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 A power and and a calling and a purpose for everybody. It started with Jesus, and it continued on with his followers, but the polarizing issue and the vision is still alive today inside and outside the church. So I'm going to teach you a few things um, about kind of two lines of thoughts here if you're taking notes. One is called complementarianism. There's kind of two sides of this equation. I paid a lot of money and spent a lot of time to go to seminary, so now you are going to get the, I don't either benefit or, um, I don't know, torture <laughs> of, of, of maybe some $100 words here. Complimentary to them, big word, seminary word. But basically one camp says, hey, men and women are created equally. You're created in the image of God, just like it says in Genesis. But they would say you're given different or complementary roles by God. In creation. Beautiful! Like celebrating manhood, celebrating womanhood. A beautiful thing coming together when they unite, but God has created us differently, but complementary. Now, some of you, it can be taken to extremes. You might have been in churches where uh, these differences were so segregated, where women couldn't speak, women couldn't preach, what we just had here, two women singing, couldn't happen. You couldn't pray in mixed circles. You, you might have seen that taken to some, to some extremes. The other side of this equation is called egalitarianism. And it's basically no area of church leadership is excluded for women. Like everyone's equal across the board. And so I'm going to look at a scripture and see how both people would interpret uh, the, the scripture. There's several that kind of talk like this. I'm going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 today, and starting in verse 11, and this is Paul who's writing to a young pastor, his name's Timothy, and he says, women should learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them, let them listen quietly. Now that sounds very harsh, very, very restrictive, very oppressive. But that's where, if you're on the complementarian side, they would say, okay, men and women, they're created equally, but within the church, they have different roles. Okay? The egalitarian would see that same scripture and not deny it. They wouldn't scratch it out or anything like that. They would say, hey, Mike, that was the first century. Paul's writing to a culture... He's writing to a specific group of people in a specific set of circumstances in a specific set of time. It's not a universal principle for all churches of all times. So you kind of get the, uh, the idea, the picture. Someone would say, hey, there's some differing roles. And the other side would say, hey, that was back then. This is now. That was written to a specific group. It's not this universal thing. And then they kind of go back and forth. Now, both sides would agree. You read in Galatians Chapter 3, where Paul also says, Hey, in Christ, there's no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer slave or free, male or female. You are all one in Christ. So everybody would agree to that. Like, hey, you're created in the image of God. It's a beautiful thing. But you see where these kind of rub. Now, the question is, where is freedom? What's freedom's position? I'm attending this church. This is Paul. I want to know what is freedom have to say about this and and you're like, is it red or is it green? I'm gonna say it's it's a little bit Christmas today, okay? I would say this isn't a problem to be solved, but rather a tension to be ma- managed. Can you live in that tension? in, in our society, we're like you're either this way or there's this way. And there's very little middle ground. I'm gonna say it's a little bit both. Let me let me explain that. I'm gonna go back to this verse in Uh, First Timothy, he says, women should learn quietly and submissively, and I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. Now, again, as restrictive as that sounds, when you look at all of Scripture and how God used men and women um, in in the church and in the Old Testament and New Testament, which we'll look at, I think he gives a lot of freedom. And we'll explain that in a little bit. But I think there's a lot of freedom in it. But he goes on to give an explanation as to why he says this. And this is one area where I just can't do a fancy footwork around. Okay? I believe in the Bible. And we're going to talk about next week. What are some areas where you don't have peace? Uh, what do you do with areas in the Bible where you don't have peace? Okay? And this is one I don't necessarily have peace with. I struggle with it. You struggle with it, too. That's okay. But i got to lean on Scripture. I can't just strike things out. And so he explains himself. He says, he goes on to say, For God made Adam first, and afterward he made Eve. So at the very least, he's making a distinction between manhood and womanhood inside the church. But his basis isn't based on culture. He didn't say, oh, we're doing this because this is how we do it in our culture. Or we're doing this because this is how, it, when the fall happened... When they sin, and sin entered the earth, this is kind of the rules God made. He actually goes before that, and he says, God kind of set an order here, a precedence here, that I can't quite shuffle around. That's hard. Now let me just make my confession again. I don't get it. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable with it. And here's why. I know some of the biggest spiritual milestones in my life. Some of the biggest spiritual leaders in my life life, have been women. One of them is my wife, my mom. There are people who can be running Freedom Church, women who can be running Freedom Church way better. They're way smarter than I can. I'm like, who am I? Just because I'm a male, to be put in some sort of position where a woman can do it better. I don't get it. So I lean on scripture. So here's 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 where I'm at right now. I see the lead pastor, the head pastor, the senior pastor, seeing that being reserved for a male position. Anything else can and should be, it's open game for, for everyone to use their gifts, to to be in their calling. And again, I don't understand why, but that's how I view Scripture. And you can disagree with me. I think you can disagree with me, and we can still aim for harmony in the church. Let me muddy the waters a little bit for you, too, okay? Can a woman ever be a pastor at Freedom Church? Yes. Can a woman ever preach at Freedom Church? Yes, we have. Could a woman ever be the lead pastor at Freedom Church? Yes. Wait, what you just said, I thought it was reserved for a male. (laughs) I'm trying to make this as muddy and unclear as I can for you right now, okay? You can't put God in a box. I don't think God's going to go back on His word, but even my seminary professors, who were very strict complementarian, like way more strict than I am, could not deny that when you look at the church worldwide, you cannot put God in a box. There's some villages in Asia. There's some villages in Africa where the only Christian in town is a woman. What what are you going to do? Keep quiet? You think God wants her to keep quiet, not say anything? No. Maybe there's a bigger issue at play. And for Freedom Church, we are going to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and his Holy Spirit, understanding that you can't shove God in a box so if he's leading, we're going to do our best to follow and take next steps. Is that clear as mud for everybody? Okay, I have my thoughts and opinions. You have your thoughts and opinions, and we can still get together. Why? Because our aim is for harmony. Let me rephrase that verse in Romans where it says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or drink. Let me Let me rephrase that. I'm rewriting it in Mike Brink terms. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of positions and roles, titles, systems, structure, organization, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ with this attitude is pleasing to God, and others will approve of you too. So then... Let us say this with me. You can, you can do it better than that. Aim for harmony in the church. There we go. Aim for harmony in the church, and let's keep that fan blowing because it's hot in here. Our aim isn't to be right on every issue. Our aim isn't to judge others who have a differing view. Our aim isn't to condemn others who have differing views views in the church, but try to build each other up. Our aim in this church is our mission not to be right about systems and structure and governments. Listen, there is an unlimited amount of issues, an infinite amount of issues that you and I could argue about all day long. The idea is not um, that we all get in this kumbaya and agree on every single issue because we never will. And these are important issues, believe me. They're important, but they're not primary. Our mission is to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Our focus is Jesus. So my, my focus isn't Bible translations? Have you ever been in a church where you're arguing over Bible translations? Our, our issue is, it. what's the role of the women and, and where can they, they serve in the church? It's important. It's something to talk about for sure, but at the same time, I'm not going to spend my time arguing. I'm not going to argue about baptism. I'm not going to argue about Lord's Supper. In fact, we have people in this church, already, we've already had these conversations, and I'm used to church environment where two people differ, and it's like, Instead of one saying, well, I can say, and he's got to go, it's like, well, we're both out of here. Everybody stay. They're like, hey, our issue is Jesus. Who's Jesus? That's all we want to know. That's all we, we can rally around Jesus. We can have differing views on this other thing, but the main thing, let's keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's Jesus, and get the message out about Jesus. And you can amen and say yes about that anytime time, about keeping the main thing, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. That's our aim. We're gonna, we're gonna find harmony and we're gonna fight for that one right there. And, and it doesn't start stop with churches. You can take it homosexuality, you can take it to border walls, gun control. Okay, we're all I'll tell you right now, in this room right now, we're all across the board on that. And I think that's fantastic. I can't make you believe a certain thing. I can't even make you believe anything about Jesus. That's not my my objective. I'm trying to point you to Jesus. And if any change is going to happen for me or for you, it's going to be through him. I'm so thankful when we did this message, when I prepped this message, there's a group of women in this church who's been helping me. Because I said, here's my stance, and we had different views on it, which was great. But they also helped me craft this message to say, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Like, we had a great conversation. And guess what? We're all here. We're all here. Because our aim is for harmony around our mission. What's our mission? I'll say it again. Our mission is to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus. Together. 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 Watch this, in Genesis chapter 11, there's a story where humanity is together and they're trying to build this giant tower called Babel. And this is what God said, I've always skipped over this verse, this is fascinating when you think about it. He says, look, this is God saying, look, the people are united. They all speak the same language. They have the same vision, they have the same purpose, they're together. This isn't my words. Watch what God says here. When the people are united, watch what he says. This is God. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Wow. This now, all of a sudden, we're not just aiming for harmony because we understand now harmony has a bigger Purpose. Harmony now affects the people outside these walls. Harmony takes it to a, a grander scale of things. It's not just, oh, an intellectual thing, and can I be right, and you're wrong, and I, I know more, and I can say complementarianism, I can spell egalitarianism, and all that sort of stuff. No. He says, when you're united, nothing's impossible. You guys can go change the world when you're united. What was, what was Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17? He said, I pray for them, which means you and I. He said, I pray for them, that they are one. You and I are one, just like you and I are one. Just like Jesus and the Father are one. So that the world may know. That's Jesus praying for unity of his followers. Our unity impacts the world. So what I'm doing in this message, talking about what's the women's role in the church, I'm setting a precedent for this church to say secondary issues are important, but they will never become the primary one. We can debate about them all day long, but in my world, in church culture where I grew up, we said maturity was who knew all the stuff about these issues. And who could write a dissertation on all these issues? But all that was was a mask for not having to live it out. It was a show and a sham. You want to know the real conflict of today? You want to know the real tension of today? It's not your your, your opinion on this or mine. It really doesn't matter. The conflict and tension of today is Will you go and live it out. What God has called you to be obedient to, will you live out your calling? Women,
1: will you live
0: out your calling? You have been called for a purpose to be powerful women, to be leaders in this kingdom movement of God in Los Alamos, right now through Freedom Church. Look at the New Testament. You'll see Mary and Martha there. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha's working in the kitchen, getting all disturbed and distracted. She's upset. She says, Jesus, tell Mary, my sister, get in the kitchen with me. He says, no, 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 no. Martha, Martha, you're worried about a bunch of stuff. Only one thing is most important, and she's she's at the foot of Jesus. You don't understand how wrong that was for the first century. Only men were allowed to sit at the foot of a rabbi. And Jesus says, no where you need to be. Ladies, you have a calling and a purpose. Who was it that first witnessed the resurrection? Who was it that Jesus said, hey, go and tell the other people that I'm alive? It was women. Where were the men? They were peeing their pants, scared behind locked doors to go outside. It was the women who went to the tomb. And he told the women, he said, go tell those scared men, the one who i actually, I'm going to tell those guys to leave this thing, but you go tell them first that I'm alive. Let's get this thing started. Let's get the party started. Let's go. It was women. You look in the Old Testament. You have Deborah leading the nation of Israel. You have Esther, the queen over Israel, doing amazing things. And in the New Testament, they don't get a ton of notoriety, but you have you have Phoebe, who was a deacon. You have Aquila, that was leading in the church, and you have Dorcas. Don't ever name your daughter Dorcas. (laughs) I don't. don't, Dorcas was doing some awesome stuff. Questionable women. Women were leading. Christianity changed that. My goal is not to stifle and put God in a box as a leader. Our goal is not to stifle God and put Him in a box. You can have your different beliefs. Believe me, you can have your different beliefs. You may even be right. But well, I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. I want to fix my eyes on the prize and the mission. And this is the, what I came to say. This is what I came to say. Every single one of you have been called to be a leader. Male, female. Every single one of you have been called to be a leader. The tension will be, when you walk out these doors, will you go and live it? Or you, will you be content with just saying, well, now I have some ideas on what the role of women is in the church. I don't care. Take your next step. Young and old, teenagers. When a a movement of God is sparked, it's young people, young men, young women, you're getting put into your classrooms. And the goal of this year, young people, is not to get straight A's. That's great, by the way. Do your best. Got some parents looking at me (laughs) cross-out. Your goal is that God has put you there on a mission to be a light, to go and share the good news of Jesus. And I don't care if it's here or at a youth group that you go to or or a summer camp rally, but you are there on a different purpose than making straight A's. Go and knock that out of the park because you work hard and you just back it up and say, hey, I get straight A's and I work hard because I'm working for God. I'm working for the Lord. That's my purpose in life and adults, it's no difference. Men, let me pick on you men. Because if I really had to give a challenge, it would be, oh, ladies, we need more women leaders in the church. We need you to really step up, ladies, because we're really struggling. No, ladies, in my 10 years of ministry in Los Alamos, you're knocking it out of the park. You're actually leading the way. Men, this is stereo, mm, I don't know, stereotype, whatever. This is generalization, but men, were high. Spiritual leaders in the home are the women. They're the ones that are getting us into a connector. They're the ones that are that are getting us uh, to church. We're we're leading in our careers, we're leading in our jobs, we're doing a fantastic job. But we're passing that buck on. And your wives, someone needs to hear this. Your wives, they're praying for you to step up. They've been praying and asking for for you to be like, can they be the one that leads in prayer in our house instead of me? Can they be the one that actually says, hey, no, we're going to church today. Can they, can they be the one that, that is investing and inviting in other people and, 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 and teaching our kids about who God is and the fascination and the mystery of this God that you can't put in the box. And because of our pride and our fear, like Adam, We hide. If I had a challenge, it would say, men, be a leader. Not better than. Serve. What's leadership? Influence. Every single one of you have leadership. And God's called you to have unlimited influence in this world if you would just take your next steps. Follow him and take your next steps. Let me close with this. This year, what do you think would close your, grow your faith more? What would grow your relationship with Jesus more? Studying this topic about men and women in the church. Reading all about it, like I've been doing for the past three weeks. Watching videos and podcasts and trying to figure out, okay, what's my stance on this? And go through it. I get it. Oh, now I can preach a sermon on it. Now I can write a book on it. Now I can write a dissertation on it. Like, we got it all in a year from now. We're like, yeah, here it is, ready to go. Or would you, investing in a friend, just genuinely loving them, saying, hey, Jesus has changed my life, inviting them to come join you next week at Freedom Church. They come for a few weeks. And they're like, hey, I kind of like it. I, I, I didn't think I could have fun at church. And I actually had fun at church. I laughed at church. I grew at church. I learned something at church. I kind of like this thing. And then they got saved. And then they're like, hey, you know, I think I want to take my next step. I want to get baptized. I think I want to join a connect group. I think I want to serve. And by the way, I want to to take these next steps together with you. What is going to grow your faith more? Living it out? Or just getting a bunch of head knowledge? You know the answer to this. You know. The conflict of today. There's not men and women in the church. The conflict and tension we struggle with today is, am I going to live out the calling in my life? How do you find God's calling in your life? Do whatever the next step is that he's calling you to do. It's that simple. You're like, well, I don't know if it's something big or grand. Don't worry about that. that. That stuff will come later. You just take the next step. So if he's asking you to invite someone over to your house for dinner, you do that. If he says, smile at the clerk at Smith's when you check out, you do that. If he says, introduce yourself and this is my name, you do that. If he says join a connect group, you do that. If he says get baptized, you do that. Whatever the next step is, you do it. And then he'll show you the next one. And over time, you're like, oh my gosh. God was there, 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 and all of a sudden now I'm, I'm leading the way. That's what I want for you. That's what God wants for you. In Romans chapter 15, he says, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in, say this with me, complete harmony with each other. As is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. This isn't normal in culture. This isn't normal in church culture. You know this. This isn't normal in church Let's change that. Starting here. Then, all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise to glory and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. How did Jesus accept you? No conditions. How did he love you? Unconditionally, no conditions. How has he called you? No conditions. No conditions. Unconditionally, you have a purpose. See, grace and mercy. He's told you what your next step is. Most of you know what it is. No conditions. Let's go and live this thing out. How has God loved and accepted me? Unconditional. Confession. I don't get it. I don't understand why. There's no reason why he should pick me, why I should be up here on But I know he has. And he's called me. And when I say, I'm going to give you all my all, Jesus, and I'm going to take my next steps, and you say, I'm going to give my all, and I'm going to take my next steps with you, Pastor Mike, and we say, we're going to give our all, and we're going to take our next steps. You change the world. You look like Jesus. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All one. All completely united. That's about change the world. Let's do that together. Let's do that together. Can you pray with me? Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family, and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click Give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the Subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast, as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.